Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non League Podcast, sponsored by Workforce Dimensions Limited. I'm John Phipps and after writing the start of this script in the back row at Stamford Bridge, I'm excited to be back talking about some proper football. So too is my co-host, a man who for some unknown reason looked like he was about to flash me in an underground car park on Monday night. Matt Gerrard, how are you? Uh, good, I do, yeah, I had to, um, I've got a bit of a bad back, so I felt a bit of coldness on my back, so I had to pull my trousers down and put my, tuck my shirt in, just put That's my euphemism for something, isn't it? Officer. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, so I had an underground car park, but there was a, when I was leaving that underground car park on Monday evening, there was sort of, um, a lot of strange noises going on, so I quickly made my, um, Get away in my battered old car. So yeah, far from that. So no, no, yeah, but that was yes. I do get told off for that for the wife because occasionally I just do undo my belt and tuck myself in in the middle of Marxism or something, if, you know, and wandering around. So so I'm not allowed to do that in public anymore. Yeah, I think you might say about the dodgy noises in the underground car park. If there is going to be a carjacking in that car park, you're not going to be in any danger, mate. You'll be fine. No, 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 not on my car. No, my good old car. No, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I haven't. Yeah. One day I'll get a nice car, but there you go. I've had that 13 years and it's done pretty well, that car, so apart from that. But my back's a little bit better now, John, so I was struggling on Monday, so I think I was lifting too much at work when I shouldn't have been doing so. Um, and do you ever suffer from a bad back? Uh, I don't tend to. No, I was going to ask about your back, actually. It was the next thing I was going to ask, but you, you preempted that question. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I tend to, I mean, I'm a big lad, but I don't tend to get many aches and pains, touch wood. And I know it certainly annoys uh, another resident at this house that, you know, sometimes she's in, she's got a bit of a bad back or a bad shoulder. And I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. You know, it's, I, I'm, I'm very, very lucky. So, you know. But I do uh, find the older you get, the more aches and pains that you, you, you do find. So. Well, that's, you, that's, 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 life, isn't it, really, that's so. the thing, mate. You're, you're quite a long way ahead of me. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which, yeah. So, yeah, apart from that, so everything else, Christmas, um, excitable. Um, I've just yeah, had my first good. mince pie of the year, actually. All right. Well, mince pies, we've probably had this conversation before as well. I only, I'm not a big fan of mince pies, only my mother-in-law's mince pies, because they are nice, but I wouldn't buy one from a supermarket and have them, because they just taste disgusting, but my, my mother-in-law makes a quality mince pie, so... That's the only mince pie I really like. Well, on, the, on the radio show last year when we had Luke Coulson in, he recommended uh, Aldi's uh, mince pies, uh, which they did last year. They did a salted caramel version and a black forest version. And do you know what? Oh. They were superb. But we've been up to Aldi a couple of times this Christmas and we've seen absolutely no sign of them. So, uh, yeah, but they're, they're very nice. And, and I, I never used to be a big mince pie fan, but um, I've, I've got into them now. And, and you know, they, they, it was very pleasant. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, only the mother-in-law, I'm not, you know, just too, I think it's probably because of pastry, I, I do like a bit of pastry, you know, pastry is very nice, but it, if it was a choice of something else than a mince pie, I, I probably wouldn't, I'm not really a mince pie, and a Christmas pudding, I can't stand, to be honest, and Christmas cake, really, so, but uh, apart from that, I'm in the Christmas spirit, two weeks <laughs> is a big day. This year's gone so bloody quick, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I can't believe two weeks' time, exactly, I mean, we do the podcast one o'clock on a Wednesday, so two weeks' time, put down all the presents, forget the kids for a bit, podcast time, yeah? Oh, they would be absolutely loving that when I'm discussing the the whys and whereabouts of Cray Wanderers, Dover Athletic and um, Beckenham Town. That, one of that, that is Christmas, <laughs> mentioning that. that yeah, so no, well, we, we, again, I'm sure you'll let them know the, the Christmas schedule for our loyal listeners we, we, we do wish a very merry christmas yeah it's it, it, pretty christmas much card, yeah, pretty right? much we might as well say it now we had a conversation about it on, on monday basically uh, we're going to do something next week and then we're not going to do anything the following week because it's christmas and 
we don't have time to, to record the podcast. And to be brutally honest, you shouldn't have time to listen to it. If you're giving up part of your Christmas day with your family to listen to us two prattling on about non-league football, then please, please get some help. Um, I, I don't know if you saw, Matt, we had a tweet in the week from someone, a listener, um, which I liked. I didn't retweet it because um, I, I was a bit... Is that the one who said we were jabbing a bit, wasn't it? Bumbling was, was the Bumbling. phrase. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't know if that was a, a compliment or not, really. Uh, he said, and he, he, I did reply to him, I can't remember who it was. It's a Dallas Hamlet fan, isn't it? so he's not one of our own, so to speak, but we appreciate him listening. And he said, oh, there's an art to Bumbling. Oh, good. That's all right. Yeah. So, it was... yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Did you? How did you take that? Oh well, I was a bit kind of like, oh, I'm really, oh, I'm really glad he's enjoying the show. And then like, yeah. I was like, yeah. well, I don't know if bumbling is meant as like all stuttering, um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, full like idiots. And, and I thought, well, do we take this so seriously, John? You know, oh yeah. And to be fair, last week it did sound bumbling, man, because every two minutes I was coughing my guts up in the middle of the show as well. So, uh, which I think I actually masked quite well in the end, didn't I? So good, well, well, I, I, I never listened back to it, John. I wouldn't oh. know. Yeah, I even left in your swearing last week as well. Uh, well, well, well I do love occasional swear. Yeah, I, I decided yeah. that that was moderate enough for us to uh, for, for us to get you know to, to to get away with. You know, if you were effing and, and seeing, then I would have had a different thing. Yeah. But I think I'm prepared to let you get away with with uh, with what you said. So uh, also, yeah. I was going about Christmas cards. Have you received any this year? And are you sending any? Uh, yeah, we, we've received a few actually i mean obviously we've received a lot from from people who've stayed with us which has been very nice and uh we've we've sent a few i've i've only got i haven't got uh, that many friends so i only have like half a dozen to sort of send and uh, as you don't do christmas cards i don't send you one because no, i'm not going to get one back but um but, yeah i, I just, when you go to the other game you know it can all change tomorrow of course when the government changes when, when you go and say i'll have half a dozen stamps and it's like eight quid you think why am I bothering to send a Christmas card and I'm a bit like this with birthday cards because the wife always buys like four pound birthday cards and I'm saying all he's going to do is to be read stuck on the mantelpiece and about a week later thrown in the bin and is that wrong of me to say that you shouldn't just buy a 50p card well possibly but um, this will take you back to your, your previous point about the cost of stamps could you deliver it cheaper yourself no probably not no because I can't be bothered Right, there you go then. But, but, no, but yeah, yeah, but it just seems like expensive, doesn't it? Well, but it's, it's you know, it's it's quite a it's it's quite a thing, you know. No, I, I, I can't believe. The postman, so I'm being a bit harsh there. I know we've got a posties listening. They do a great job, the posties, by the way. They really do, but um, you know, I how much is a first class stamp? I don't know. Seventy p, isn't it? Well, price of a first class stamp. Let's have a quick look. We we are really are men of the people, aren't we? Yeah. Um, how much, love? 71p apparently i'm told so for 71p i can walk to my local post box stick something in it and in the next two days it arrives at my friend's house in darlington i could not do that for 71p no no, no, maybe i'm just showing how tight i am yeah you are tight old git um anything else happening um got into walking dead television program on amazon prime absolutely loving that so we're binge watching that on the television front because there's absolutely nothing else on at the moment um and I, I've, I've even looked at the christmas things and there's bugger all on there as well to be honest so it looks like for the next 300 years because there's loads of episodes we've got to catch up on we'll be watching walking dead 
I've just been told uh, by my glamorous assistant that it's 67p for a first class stamp. Uh, it is still too expensive. <laughs> it is our 103rd episode this week, and that is the age that Kirk Douglas turned this week. I bet he's never listened to a podcast, though, which is a shame. Uh, he's also been married to his second wife for 65 years. That is Impressive. incredible. Well played, Kirk. Yeah, 103. Yeah, uh, yeah that Kirk Douglas, yeah, what, a, what an actor that chiselled chin didn't he the little dimply chin yeah and Michael Douglas Michael, Michael Douglas if he's under three Michael Douglas he must be getting near 80 on top oh yeah I think so yeah and, and you know he's with the well, for himself, he has. well he has the lovely Catherine Zeta-Jones yeah. uh, I think he's but just he must be getting on a bit now as well though to be fair uh, well hang on because <sighs> she was in the back in the day when Darling Buds and May back in the day back in the day she was the pin up so she, she must be about five six years older than me I reckon Michael Douglas is 75 25, yeah. And uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Mrs. Michael Douglas, as she is known, uh, is 50. She was 50 in September, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a few years older than me, so, yeah, so, of course, she was um, eye candy back in the day, wasn't she? So, doesn't seem to do much these days, though. Well, she doesn't need to. Yeah, I was going to say, she probably doesn't need to, does she? But, um, yeah, it's, well, and... That, that, that makes but the thing is, Catherine Zeta-Jones is 50, geez, Yeah, the 25-year age gap, I mean, that's the equivalent of you being married to a 19-year-old, mate. Something wrong about that. But, but yeah, there is a, um, a girl in the office who's 19 young, and you know, different eras, it's just mental. You know, different, you know, the ages, you think, oh, I'm getting old, but these kids, these millennials, absolutely mental, some of the stuff they come out with. So there you go, yeah. Not, uh, yeah, yeah. I better move on from there, and I'm meddling 19 year olds on the pod. Yeah, exactly. Um, and let's not talk about people who'll be 25 years younger than me, uh, because that would really depress us all. Uh, anyway, um, as well as that, it's the atomic number for Laurentium, which is nothing to do with the former Liverpool defender, uh, I'm, I'm very sure. Uh, we also had one more last Room 101, Footballing Room 101, which came from our friend Miles uh, over in San Diego in America, who uh, pointed out that uh, his, his exact phrase was that, uh, that it was the English people who invented the phrase soccer. Um, now, I, I agree with that, that, that the British did create the word soccer. Um, and I, I, I personally have, I don't have too many issues with it being called soccer um, so much, to be honest. But what I do have an issue with, Miles, is that the, the reason that you call it soccer is because the game you call football over there is chuck is chucking the ball football not throw ball football hence it's football mate uh, another one jason came on about which i agree with him players who have ridiculously high numbers on the back of their shirts oh. that winds me up that's an absolute treat oh let's not get me started on that and and silly squad numbers as well like center forwards wearing four you know things like that yeah 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 yeah, 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 exactly. I think Arsenal they had William Gallas wearing ten after Burkamp, and but oh. well, you see why Arsenal have gone down here if they did. <laughs> exactly, that was where it all started to go wrong for them. Anyway, let's yeah. move on uh, to the football and. Uh, we started last week's show with the Isthmian League, and usually we like to mix things up, but this week we're going to go back to the Isthmian League to start, as we've got a cracking little interview for you. Uh, Cray Wonders is a club that we probably knew very little about when we started this show, but I would say they've probably been the most consistently excellent side in the county over the past two and a bit years. And for most of 2019, Joe Taylor has been banging the goals in for them. He's got 22 for the season, and I caught up with him yesterday. Now, the signal does go a bit at the start, but please do stick with it, as it's a really, really good listen. So here he is, Cray Wonders striker Joe Taylor. I don't think I've been uh, on 22 at this stage of the season before, so really happy with the return so far, yeah. 
It looks like a really good time to be at Cray Wanderers, though. You, you're doing really well in the league and, and you've got a good, strong side there. Yeah, it's, it is a really good time to be at Cray. And um, I'm really enjoying it. The side progressively stronger. So it's good to see that they, the, what sort of direction they're going in. And it's a good thing to be a part of for me, definitely. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And with the new stadium on the horizon as well, that the club's in a really good place. Yeah, we, we, we trained there the, for the first time recently um, when we had a Saturday off, so that was nice. Um, and the club keep us really involved as players. And you, 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 yeah, as soon as you pull into the car park there, there's a there's a big um, picture of us all winning the league last season. So you know, it's, it is it's a good it's a good exciting time. And Tony Russell's a, a good a good young manager and, and he seems to be, have built a team that, that is just so impressive. Yeah, t- Tony Russell's the reason I, I went to Cray. Um, I, I have been close to linking up with him before, but he's the reason I've gone to Cray. And uh, I think joining, um, it's not just him that's been um, impressive. Uh, Joe Vines, the assistant, and... Nathan White, the coach, the goalie coach, Hawley, and uh, Grant Hall. They're, they're, it's, it's a really impressive setup over there. And um, yeah, uh, Tony's got a good side going, and and we and we play that Tony Russell type of football, and it's and it's perfect for me. I suppose for you, Percy, last season was was probably an odd one because you, you'd done really well at Folkestone, you went to Margate, and, and it just didn't work out there, and, and and then you had to drop down a level to come back to where you are now. Um, it, it was odd. Uh, Folkestone, Folkestone is a club that um, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, and just before I left, I hit some real form there. So uh, maybe the move to Margate wasn't wasn't the best move. But you know, I, I end of the season last season, I finished top scorer at Margate and top scorer at Cray. So I was actually top scorer at two different clubs. Um, I had a good season. I won the first bit of my first medal I've ever won. So in terms of last season, it was actually a successful season because that's the first league title I've ever had. And I've been going 10 years now in non-league. So it's it's my most successful season last season. But I get what you're saying. It was odd. But in terms of dropping down, I knew that having played in the Ryman Isthmian Prem for the last however long, I, I knew I'm I, I know I'm good enough to play in that in that level and dropping down it wasn't about dropping down a level, it was dropping down to go and play for Tony and go and play for Cray and I knew and I knew the direction they were going in and um, and this only it's it's proved to be the right decision completely since um, going there. As, as someone who lives down in the east of the county, what, what was the travelling a factor for you? Well, yeah, I live in Margate, so um, I've always travelled. When when you live in Margate, you have to travel unless you play for Margate or Ramsgate. So I've played for Farnborough, Tunbridge Angels. You know, these, there's always travelling involved. It's about finding the right club that's worth travelling for, and I... I'll, I'll never complain about my travel distances um, as long as I'm happy where I am and I would I would travel further to play for the team I'm playing for now. 
and I guess you, you're still improving as a player. Have you still got ambitions to, to keep going back up to, to, to the higher levels? Yeah, yeah you, you've got to keep ambitions all the time you're playing. I think that's, um, that's uh, you, sh- you should never stand still. Um, I'd, I'd love to play at a higher level, you know, but I'm, I'm not thinking about playing uh, at any sort of level um, right now. All I'm focusing on right now is Cray Wanderers and, you know, we're, we're at the right end of the table, so maybe I'll be progressing with them. That's what I'm hoping, and uh, I'm really enjoying it there. But I'd always like to play at the highest level possible. That's that's what um, that's always the goal. Uh, you play at Bognor Regis on Saturday. They, they've been in some decent form, and after losing your unbeaten array record last time out, that's going to be a tricky one, I suppose. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a hard one to take at Carshalton. The four 0 loss. Um, we felt confident going into the game and, and, and they did a job on us, you know, and it, it, it maybe wasn't a 4-0 game, but at, by the end of it, they, they, they were worthy winners. Um, I think we're, we're more than confident going into Saturday with Bognar. They've, they're, they're another good side and, um, and it's always a hard place to go um, down to Bognar. So, but like, like you say, our, our away record's good and um, we're, we're, yeah, we're confident. Looking at the league table, you're just outside the playoff places. Could you ever have imagined this was where this season was going to go so far? Yeah, definitely. I, I know, I know this league, and I know the group we've got. We've got players that could play above this level. And even when we were playing in the southeast division last season, we had players that can play above this level we're in now last season. So I knew, um, I, 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 yeah, definitely. The group we've got is more than capable of being at that end of the division. And, and you see it now, we're coming up against teams and we're demanding more respect from teams now they know. So I, I think um, come the end of the season, you know, if we're winning around the playoffs, it will be a successful season having just been promoted. But we're, um, we're, we, we, we think we should be up there, yeah. And just finally, strikers, do you set a goal target or have you already smashed it? Um, well, I think the last nine, maybe ten seasons in a row, I've I've hit twenty goals at least in every season. So that's that's always the aim. But to tell you the truth, I sat with um, Tony and Joe Vines before this season. Um, I got ten in pre-season. I got myself really fit, and they said they said, look. The way we're going to play this season, your target's 30 goals. And I sat with my dad as well. And he's my dad, Joe Vines, and Tony all told me, you've got to hit 30 this season. And I went into the season really believing I was going to get good numbers. I put it all over Twitter how good I was, how good my numbers were going to be. And, and I've, I've lived up to it so far. So eight more to go, that's my target. Well, eight more and then put your feet up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Eight. No, I don't think I'm going to be able to because I'm planning on having eight more in the next eight games, and then um, and then we've got a playoff push, and I, and and I, and I really want to be a big part of um, what we're doing here this season. So there's 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 no putting my feet up this this time around, mate. That are you in the form of your life? Would you say? Um, uh, I've I've had form like this before. Um, you know, goal scoring is nothing new to me. I've scored goals wherever I've been, whatever style of play, whatever team. I've played in so many different teams where it's been so many different styles. But I think this particular style, the way we're playing, the way the boys are 
uh, getting me chances is allowing me to be in the form of probably my my life. Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. I do know quite a bit about Cray Wanderers because in my radio camp days, I've covered them numerous times when they because they got promoted under the old manager. Who was the old manager? You had um, something like really top bloke. And also, we used to go to Cray. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't, oh, I can't remember. The, he was going donkey's years, and his assistant were really top blokes. I can't remember that. But I can't, it all comes to me. And also, we used to go there when we were doing Radio Kent, and the Tannoy mine was an old boy there, and he was the funniest man you'd ever like to meet. So I, I've seen Grey Wanderers over the years, a good little club. Um, Joe Taylor, Fanet's finest, like my good self. Um, great interview there. So he'd go where, where the club is. It doesn't really matter where he would go. He wants to go with the right fit. And, 22 goals, whatever it is, before Christmas, you cannot grumble to him and grumble about that. And I remember seeing when we saw him in the Kent Senior Cup final against Maystone for Folkestone. Uh, I've always rated him as a player because he's back to goal, he's strong, uh, and he scores goals at that level. So he said, oh, he'd always like to quiet the pyramid. There's no reason why not. Scoring goals in the um, in the, in the SBM Premier Division is no mean feat. Yeah, Ian Jenkins were the, were the words we were seeking a minute ago. Joe Francis, Joe Francis, I think he was his assistant. I've not got that in front of me, but Ian yeah, Jenkins. Yeah, Jenko is everybody used to call him. Yeah, top man, top man. Uh, yeah, Joe, going back to Joe Taylor, though. Um, lovely lad, Joe. And uh, I was really glad to, to actually finally get him on the show because he's been banging the goals. I love the stat he gave there. I was top scorer for Margate and for Cray last season. That, <laughs> that just kind of shows that the, the talent that he's got. And, you know, he said probably for the last 10 seasons, I've scored 20 plus goals, which is... Phenomenal, and I, I certainly remember um, covering him at Ramsgate, and he was he was just a, he was a class player. He was too good for that level, um, and now he's showing that he's got something at this level as well. And interesting, when I said to him, you know, did you expect to be where you are? And he went, yeah, yeah, we did. We, we are aiming to get promoted, and that just shows that I think this is a brilliant time to be involved in Cray Wanderers. They've done great work getting the new stadium. They've got a brilliant young manager in Tony Russell. I saw them a few times in the first season of the podcast and I really, really like the way they play football. Really, you know, really nice club to go and watch and I really, really hope they can continue this run. Yeah, with the new ground coming, a, a club that's had a bit of a nomadic existence, but I say they've been very well looked after at Bromley and they're moving into the new ground. He's brought some good players in. As he says, they've got players better than playing who could be playing at a higher level. So they're going in the right direction. And a well-run club. I'm pleased for Joe. How would you say? Is he about 28? Something like that? He's got to be, yeah, he 27, been 28, something like that. Yeah, so a, a striker in that. And it, why didn't it work out at Margate for him? It's his home club. He, clearly, he was scoring goals in the first half of last season, but he's gone there to Cray, taking over somebody very similar to him, Michael Power, who still bangs goals in the scaffold, but similar player, but fair play to him. And Could he play higher? I, I, I presume, you know, Folkestone, he scored goals. Margate, he scored goals. Could he test himself in the in the conference south? I'm, I'm sure he'd give it a go. He's had a, a, a few clubs, but um, yeah, good place. And I, I, admire, I like his confidence as well. I think I said this a few weeks ago. One thing I've really admired about Tony Russell is he hasn't he hasn't just said right. I'm blindly going to stick with the players who got us promoted. I'm going to make changes. You know, the goalkeeper's changed. Uh, he's brought in Lewis Carey in goal and, and Nick Blue, who was a great servant for Cray Wanderers. Uh, has moved on and Michael Power as you mentioned you know he, he was still banging the goals in but they d decided that no it was time Michael thank you for everything you've done let's and always looking to improve the squad and, and you know when I was chatting to Joe I was looking at the players that they've got there and that is a seriously seriously good side and, and there's no reason why that they can't keep going from strength to strength well I think they 
very good chance of getting into the playoffs. Um, and they've had some heartbreak and they've had some good work with the playoffs, haven't they? Well, more heartbreak, I think, than uh, they won the league last season, didn't they? They won the league? They yeah, did, they didn't they? The league, so, yeah. so they've had a bit of heartbreak over the playoffs, which I'm sure they'll um, use to their advantage if they get there, in the, get there this season. Absolutely. Uh, I must just say as well, I was thinking, uh, I've been out for a run this morning, and I was thinking about Joe, and, and um, I, when you cover teams, in, when you cover one team, you can kind of get close to them. I, I covered Margate and Ramsgate for, for a few years, and uh, I must say that Ramsgate team that Joe was part of, I think it must have been the, about the 14-15 season was probably my favourite team to cover. A really nice bunch of lads, uh, managed by Jim and Danny Ward. They deserved to do better than they did. But they just had some... All the players were just genuinely nice lads. We talked, we talked about Tom Lawrence the other week. Really nice fella. You've got Luke Gert, Joe Kane, Ian Pullman, Joe Taylor. You know, genuinely people who, if I was at a game and I saw them, I know I'd go and chat to them for, for 15 minutes and it wouldn't be a problem. And... Uh, you know that that team for me was was a team that really deserved much more success and, and you know good luck to all of those people who many of them are still playing. Um, but yeah, I just I just wanted to say that I was thinking they were a really nice bunch of lads that 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 lot and it's nice we can have that relationship. We do have we do I have a nicest men in football list, don't we, John? Yeah, we do. Which we would never put on there, but there's um, a list of them. Um, and to be honest, that list grows. Week on week, when the people we either speak to on the radio show or this show, so we do really appreciate people. And uh, I think Joe Taylor's gone onto the list. I think he he certainly has as well. It was very nice. Uh, elsewhere on Saturday, uh, folks in Victor Joe Taylor's former club triumphed in the big top of the table clash, moved three points clear at the top after the win over Horsham. Uh, Worthing took over in second place though after they beat Margate uh, this weekend. As we heard with Joe, uh, it's Bognor Regis against Cray Wanderers and Folkestone are on the road at Bowers and Pitsy. Uh, there is no game for Margate. I assume that due to FA Trophy action for their perspective. Margate have had a few games, I think, because I think because I think this is the other thing will please you. The Margate fan I spoke to in the office today, so now they got a few games off, and they were supposed to be playing Tuesday, but Car Short, I think they were playing Tuesday, said that they decided to play their Velocity Trophy uh, game ahead of the league game. Or takes priority, apparently. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Nonsense. I knew that would be easy. Yeah, absolutely thrilled. Uh, in the uh, southeast division of the Isthmian League, Cray Valley PM beat East Greenwich 3 1. Uh, no goals in two games at Faversham this week. Faversham nil, Whiteleaf nil on Saturday, and Faversham nil, Ramsgate nil on Tuesday. Uh, also nil nil on High Strip to Guernsey. Ashford went down 1 0 at Hayward City. Sittingbourne won 2 1 at Seven Oaks. It was VCD 2, Herne Bay 4, Whitehawk 3, Ramsgate 1, Whitswood Phoenix Sports 2 1. And also on Tuesday night, uh, Sittingbourne lost 1-0 at home to leaders Hastings, who maybe look like this might finally be their year to get out of this division. Uh, Whitson will play, on, play at Guernsey uh, tonight, Wednesday. Uh, on Saturday, it's Ashford against Hastings, Burgess Hill against Faversham, Herne Bay against Hayward Heath, Hyde against VCD, Phoenix against Cray Valley, Ramsgate against Whitstable, Sittingbourne against Whitehawk and Whiteleaf against Sevenoaks. Uh, I did also just see uh, a new signing at Ashford as well as being announced. Uh, they have brought in... Tarek Asai from Chippenham, a former Crystal Palace man, but he does know uh, Tommy Warrello having played for him at Thamesmead uh, last season. So uh, interesting signing for them. And, and, and Ashford, uh, they kind of reached a, a point, haven't they, Matt, where it, it's just not clicking for them at the moment. Yeah, it's strange. We, we thought they'd be the main side to, to challenge Hastings. Tommy Warrello, as we know, knows his level like uh, nobody else. Brought a few players in, go from there. Disappointing home form as well, haven't they? On the plastic surface, there they've lost more than they've won, which I'm sure Tommy will be looking to to, to sort out as well. But it's still a long way to go, as we said last week when we spoke to 
um, managers at this level. You know, it, it, it's a crazy division because there's a lot of sides in it, but you, you, not many people have played that many amount of games. So it'll be a very busy January, February, March for this division, but then it will, it will make a lot clearer where it's going to go. But at the moment, looking good for Hastings, I have to say they have punched them, been in this division a long, long time, but it's looking good for them. Yeah, I mean, they normally come good at the end, but here we are. They're still unbeaten uh, from their 15 games, only conceded eight goals as well, uh, which is very impressive for them. At the other end of the table, East Grinstead, uh, they, st- they are still winless with just five points, but only just above them are Ramsgate. Uh, yeah. a team we had such high expectations for at the start of the season. They've only got 10 points, only got two wins so far this season. Um, you know, them and Hythe both looking over their shoulders, which is not what we would have expected. How many things go down on this? Well, none, possibly, um, because it is going to be a a playoff with the team at the bottom against the team uh, from the Southern Counties East League or or equivalent. So, um, So, I'm sure Hyde will, you know, Hyde will, we have thought Steve Watt will turn it around. It's probably been a, we've learned a lot in this few months, he's been at Hyde Ramsgate. Yeah, they're um, struggling a little bit, but I'm sure they'll be going in the right direction. But it's, yeah, disappointing season for them. Absolutely. Uh, we'll move on then to the National League and our second interview of the show, still second in the table after coming from behind to win at Chesterfield. As we're about to hear, Neil Smith is absolutely thrilled with how here things are going. So here is the Bromley boss speaking to Matt. Halfway through the season, if I'd have said to you um, when I speak to you in December that you'd be three points off the top, second in the league, decent cup run, I'd take you probably bit me hand off, wouldn't you? Oh, most most definitely. You know that that was it's, it's well beyond where we expected to be, and where you know, not saying we didn't want to be there, but you know we were being realistic at the beginning of the season. We just wanted to be in around the playoffs, um, and to be where we are, you know, is a massive achievement so far for the boys. But we we know there's a lot of hard work, and, and now you're up there. Everyone wants to try and beat you. Yeah, I saw the result of the weekend, and I saw you were one nil down, and then scoring twice in the last thirteen minutes. You know. That seems like a side that's got full of confidence and a side that can go to the next level because that's a great result at Chesterfield. I know Chesterfield is struggling a little bit, but you probably had to show a bit of character to come back and win that game. Most definitely, you know it was a, it was a game where you know especially the first half it was a, you know a lot of cancelling out and you know they've got a fantastic stadium, great support as well. Um, so we knew it was going to be difficult. They are, they, you know, they, they want to win games. You know, when you're in that sort of situation they're in, you want to win your home games. So they're always going to be difficult games when you, when you play at Chesterfield away. Um, and for us to go 1 0 down at half time, you know, you look at the boys and you just still see, see belief. They just know they, we get one, I think we can go on. And you're going into games now because you've got so many points on the board where you just want to go and win the games. You know, you're not going there to just get a point, you are trying to go and get the, the win. Um, because you're giving yourself a good good head start with points, and um, you know to get the, to get the winner like we did, and then it's, and then it, you are holding on a little bit at the end, rightly so because they're at home. But um, the boys managed to see it out. Yeah, did, you know, did you do you, you say you look at the squad there, and there is belief in that squad. Obviously, you say you've got points on the board. You probably exceeding expectations, and that must be for a manager. That must be how you've built that squad. That must be a, a real good feeling for you. Yeah, no, of, of course, you know, you know, it's not about me. It's, I, I feel good about the club and the, and the players. You know, the club have given me, um, you know, the, the, the backing to do what I did early on in the, in the summer to, to, to get the players that I needed. So we weren't like scrapping around and, and seeing what left is left out there. Um, and with that, and, and the players are doing their utmost to pay pay the back the, the, the club, you know, going in early and getting them and, and making sure that, you know, that we give our best 
ourselves the best chance to be up there and around it by the end of the season. We want to take this season for as long as we can, right up until the end game. Uh, that was our target, you know, as I say, getting the playoffs. You know, where we are at the moment, we've got more points on the board than we expected. But while we're up there, you know, we, we're going to enjoy it, obviously. But we know it's going to be a lot harder now for the second half of the season because everyone knows you. Everyone knows where you are. And, and you are, you put yourself up there to be shot down. Yeah, the board of back as well. You brought Brent Williamson in from Eastleigh, you know, a proven goal scorer or a good player at this level. And um, Dave Winfield's gone in because you've lost to Coy, which I think was a bit of a blow for you because when I've seen him, he's a, he's a leader of men. How disappointing to see him retire, but, you know, and I see all the, the support the supporters gave him as well. It must be disappointing for the lad. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, we've had it with, we've had it with three of our main players this season, you know, we've lost Mark Cousins already, we've lost George Porter Denmark Coy, you know so early on in the season, I don't think there's many clubs that have had that so far this season where they've, they've lost those sort of players you know, and Clifton's out for a few weeks well, then, then we've lost Rico, um, so we've, we've had a bit of a, a, a sticky spell but the boys have managed to maintain you know, the discipline and, and stay up there so yeah, for Mark Coy, you know, we're devastated he was, he was exceptional, he was keeping my captain out you know, that's, you know, he wasn't just keeping another player out. He was keeping my captain out, and he was, he was, he was being the leader. Um, but not just to be injured, but to have to retire. You lose that player for the whole season. Um, an injury, you might get get one of them back. But to to have that happen to you so early on in the season wasn't a knocking confidence to the players losing such a big character, and and obviously to Mark himself. And uh, you know, I brought Dave Winfield in because he brings me that leadership quality that he had at Ebbsfleet he's got the experience you know he's, he's, he's played the game he knows this level and um, you know to get him in was again you know a, a brilliant from the board to back me on bringing someone in like that so quickly after the disappointment of Romani going back to Huddersfield but then Romani who was, who was playing here you know a couple of weeks ago sitting on the bench in the championship mm. again we lose Alfie Doughty a similar sort of thing you know comes in on loan from the 23s at Charlton he's gone back and he's playing first team football in the championship so you know there, there's good news for the, the, the young players that if they do come here they, you know we're obviously doing the right thing by putting them back on the level but obviously for us you lose these quality players and you've got to go and look again so um, you know the scouting that we've got at the moment through Danny Mills and Mark Hammond and Alan Dunn he's, he's working dividends because if someone does go then you know we're trying to find a replacement straight away Is it important to keep refreshing the squad to the position you're in at the moment as well because some people say oh we'll keep it as it is but you know is it important to keep refreshing it Yeah I, I, I believe so because um, you know the boys can become a little bit complacent with each other and, you know, if the team's pretty much what it is all the time, you know, you want to be hungry. You want to have that little bit of pressure of a player um, just in the background, trying to get into that position, trying to get into the team. Um, and it keeps them on their toes. So when you bring in a fresh face, everybody sort of livens up a bit thinking, blimey, who's he bringing in next? I don't want to bring in mass players. The squad, the squad I've got is, is, is doing exceptional. But I think every now and again, you're just bringing a new face and it just keeps everybody on their toes and, you know, making sure that they have to train brilliantly to get into the team. And then once they're in the team, they've got to stay in there. You've got a break in league action. You've got the FA Trophy this weekend. We know your history with the FA Trophy. Getting to the final and last year, you were... Um, Disqualified from the tournament as well, so you look yeah, at the no, priorities. That's a really good experience. It's no, some, no, no, some exactly. So, um, is it a competition? If if you were say, I know, middle of the table, now you're top of the table. Does the priorities change for that tournament? Well, wait. You know, I haven't got a squad big enough to rest players and, and bring in other players. You know, the, the, my squad is what it is, and, and I always want to go and win. I think winning breeds winning. 
and um, success breeds success as well. So, you know, we'd love to have a great run. Um, obviously, we got Eastley a, a week after, and, I, and I'm, I'm very concerned in that because, you know, we have a small squad. You don't want to get any injuries. But, you know, we'll give Dorkin the respect they deserve. They're doing very well in, in the Conference South. You know, we've had them watched. We've done everything that we would have done if it was a league game. So, you know, we've not done anything less because it's Dorkin. In, in fact, you know, you don't want to be the team that goes out in, in the first game. But, um, you know... All I want to all I want to do is win the game and come out of there with no injuries. You know that that's the that's the first and foremost for this club. Um, you know is to maintain that league position. Yeah, busy Christmas period as well. Dover twice. I think you have got Dagenham as well over that. So you know these games come thick and fast, don't they? Yeah, it's relentless. You know, we, we, we were just saying, you know, you're over halfway. It is Christmas. The Christmas period is busy. You know, we, we're renowned for it. Um, we're prepared. You know, could we have had a, a few less games? Of course, we'd have loved to, but, you, you know, that's not how it works. Um, but at the same time, if you can keep that, that consistency going, that little bit of momentum, difficult games. You know, Dover, Andy Hess and Tyler, you know, knowing very, very well when he puts his teams out and they only ever give 100%. Likewise, Peter Taylor. At Dagenham, so you know we're expecting a very, very tough Christmas period. We want to try and just get as many points on the board as we can over that period. Get that, get that fifty-one points, and then you can sort of take the shackles off a little bit and go and play. You're still looking at it just to get to the fifty-one to avoid the drop zone, then. Always, always get that. That's a, that's a target. I, I always go for get it as soon as you can. You know, last year was very late, obviously in the season. This year, hopefully, we get it a lot sooner, and then. You know, you're playing with no pressure other than you want to stay in that playoff place. He's on the list, Matt. Yeah, good old Nick, good old Neil, yeah. So, always very, very friendly when you speak to him. Um, and you can see how that must come across as a player. The way he's friendly with us, if he sees us, he gives us a card and we cuddle. And pleased to see you ask how people are. And I think as a player, you'd probably run through brick walls for him and... And that's what Bromley are doing this season. And as I said in that interview there, I felt one nil down, 15 minutes to go against Chesterfield. Chesterfield was struggling. I turned it around, but one by two goals to one. That's the kind of performance that can win your leagues. Um, and I also, as I said there, I admire him strengthening his squad. He's very easy to say, right, we've got a squad here. We're going to keep it as we are. But he's brought in Winfield, who a leader at FC. And he's brought in Ben Williamson. And Williamson is, I didn't mention it in there, he's a journeyman striker who doesn't score many goals. But his work rate's good and he fits in with the uh, um, how Bromley want to do it. And he's working it and he is scoring goals. So, yeah, fair play to Bromley. They're in a good position. Uh, will they win the league? I couldn't say, but they've got a very good chance of staying in the playoffs, I would have thought. Oh, absolutely. Um, and yeah, Williamson is, is, is a really good sign in it. And it does just show he doesn't want to sit still, does he? And, and they're going to keep trying to score goals. And it was interesting as well, he was saying about, you know, how they've lost a couple of players to, to injury and, and they obviously lost a Coy to retirement as well. But that he's just n- never standing still, Neil Smith. And that's what you've got to do. You can't just be like, well, we're doing well, keep going, lads. And I'm sure we'll be talking about another team who you, shortly, who you wish were making changes in the way Neil Smith is tweaking his team. Yeah, uh, he probably knows this, if they're going to do it, it's going to be this year. Um, looking at it, how they're competing. And the results, you know, you look at him probably the last 10 games, they may have only won three or four games, but they're still in the hunt, still up there. And they're good at home. They've won a, and win a result at Chesterfield. You can see that from where they are. They're in, the, they're in a good position and you don't want to stand still here because they don't want to say, what if come the end of the season, if we had brought that player in, would he have been the extra spark to get us promoted or get us in the playoffs? So I admire Neil Smith, but... 
you know, with a good manager there, the board, you're going to back him because you know what you're going to get out of him. 110% commitment, 100% determination to get them to the next level. Yeah, uh, Matt said uh, not two minutes ago that 1-0 down at Chesterfield with 15 minutes to go and hitting back to win 2-1 <laughs> is the sort of match that wins you Leeds. <laughs> Uh, on the 3rd of August this season, over uh, 76 minutes on the clock, it was Chesterfield 1, Dover Athletic 0. Uh, do you think Dover are going to win the league on the back of that one then, mate? Not currently, no. I could look at Chesterfield, they could be getting relegated, but the big problems there. Um, not at the moment. And I said that You said last week that certain teams will be looking down rather than up. And my concern is that Dover are looking down rather than up. Yeah, so... Um, I don't think I can repeat the words you told me about the performance on Saturday, but should we say you weren't impressed? No, it was, I wasn't surprised when you look at the team sheet against the Bournemouth side, who I expect to get in the playoffs because they have got some excellent players. They've got goals in the team. They've got a good manager in Luke Garrard. He knows this level. I thought there's no goals in this Dover side without Effiong, and it was like that. And Dover basically were... Pulled apart. I didn't think Bournemouth needed to get out of um, first gear, really. Don't gave them two sloppy goals, but Bournemouth were a decent side. I think they'll be up there. And there was a concern about Dover that there's a lack of desire, lack of commitment. And when he spoke to Andy Essentala afterwards, he seemed a bit down and say, you know, he, how can he get out of it? So he's got work to do. It's half one on Wednesday. We've called the pod. There's still no news of any players incoming or outgoing. And Dover need both, in my opinion. Yeah, so it it's kind of a lopsided squad at the moment, isn't it? The, the strikers, you're very light, and the injury to Effiong has really shown that how, how light you are. But you've got a lot of wingers and a lot of centre halves, and it almost and, and you're light in midfield as well. Yeah, and Heston Tyler was a good midfield player. To me, he should be able to um, spot a midfield player. I don't think any of the signings he brought in the midfield, though they've got come with good reputations, are performing to the best of their abilities at the moment. Um, we haven't got any length in midfield, and we haven't got anybody to pick a pass in midfield. And we've got numerous wingers who, uh, well, who can beat a man, but unfortunately then cross the ball into the crowd, which is a concern for me. Um, and there's no goals. Rig, I quite like Rig. But certain clubs you go to, and he just doesn't work out, does it? He works hard, but there's no goals in him from there somewhere. He's come all the way down from Gateshead, and maybe it's just not working out. But with two-year contracts, you've got some for some of these players. It's not like the old non-contract days, right, saying, thanks very much, we're moving you on. They're at a level here. They're paying two-year contracts. They're paying good wages. It's highly unlikely that you can easily get rid of players, which, as I said... Out of Dover's squad, what, 22, 23 maybe, if he if was fit? I would say four or five of them. If I was the manager, I'd be looking to move on. What's Is, is Goburn injured? Because he could surely be the legs in your midfield. He is injured, but I don't think he's got much legs in there, oh. to be honest. So um, he's He had a good game against Eastleigh, against his old club when he scored. But there's no... Oh, I always look at it, if a side has got pace... They cause problems. Whatever level you're at, you've got a bit of pace to bring the ball out, you're going to cause problems. But this Dover side, to me, has got no pace. And that is a big concern. The, the, the days of when Dover were doing well, um, they play football in the final third and they're pacing the final third and that causes sides problems. At the moment, Dover hasn't. Um, 
And as I said before, I've seen you know you've seen enough football to work out where things are heading, and this don't change the thing. I'm not saying they're going to get relegated as a result. Last night when Sutton and Fylde drew and Chesterfield lost, I'm sort of punching the air, thinking they're good results for us because I'm looking down rather than up, which is and there needs need to be changes. Um, and, and I think I was, when I spoke to Anis on the radio, I sort of said that, that and he's agreed with me. So hopefully he can work on it. But it's easier said than done. Maybe bringing players in um, that's, that could be a concern if people want to come to Dover. And shipping players out is always difficult. Uh, talking of a man oh, yeah. who's been shipped out, Nathan Ashmore in goal for, for Bournemouth on Saturday. How, how did he play? By the sounds of it, he didn't have much to do. No, he didn't have much to do. Um, yeah, Bournemouth, they're well bankrolled as well because they don't get many gates, but they've got some good players in there. Uh, he didn't have much to do, Nathan Ashmore. Um, solid goalkeeper. I quite like, We quite like David Gregory, didn't we? He was at Bromley and he's been bombed out there um, for him. But that's what Bournemouth... Have brought players in who know this level, who are strong and experienced. Mark Ricketts, I, you know, Mark Ricketts, who I saw at the Christmas fair, didn't I? I brought that up online last year uh, on the commentary this weekend. So, again, solid player, gets it, moves it on, doesn't anything fancy, but sort of glue that holds the kids together. And Shemanga up front, if he's playing for Bournemouth at the beginning of next season, I'll be amazed because he is the best striker I've seen in the National League. And talking about Nathan Ashmore leads us on to Ebbsfleet United, who moved off the bottom again. Um, but it was only a 1-1 draw for them down at Eastleigh, and they missed not one, but two second-half penalties. And I'd imagine uh, that would probably have made Kevin Watson pull his hair out. Yeah. Ebbsfleet, what is the Ebbsfleet's recent form? Um, score a lot of goals, two penalties, one that's over the bar one that Frankie Southern I think used to take penalties at um, Bromley knew where the back of the net was so that's been disappointing for them. but the performances are good but they're not turning draws into wins which is a big concern because they're still rooted in that bottom four and at some point they've got to start turning that away how many runs they've won so they've won one, in out of, one win in all competitions in the last seven episodes, and that was against Wrexham which was a massive win so um one of them is the FA Cup. So, Kevin Watson, on paper, he's, on paper you say, well, the results haven't really turned around, but I think performances have. And that is always, when you're looking, trying to get out of the zone, that must be pleasing for them. But they still need to start winning football matches. It's very much a, a case as it was with FC in their first couple of seasons up here. Don't win many, don't lose many. But they're in a position now, now they've got to start winning matches. Still very tight down there. But you look at the games they've got coming up. Woking at home, hot and, hot and cold. Dagenham away is big. Dover looking very big now on um, on uh, the Saturday after Christmas as well for either side. So, um, yeah, 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 no doom and gloom just yet, but they need to do that. And a bit like Andy Esatala, we keep, we, when we hear Kevin Watson, he said, oh, we need to bring players in, need to bring players in. It's not happening. Maybe it's a bit difficult. Maybe there can be some swaps between Dover and Emsley but out there. That might, that might help. Ebbsfleet do have the worst defensive record in the National League as well. Into the National League South then, uh, where on Saturday, really good win for Tumber James. It was a good week for Tumber James as well because they've announced they've extended the loan of Ben Greenhow. He's played a big part in helping them turn uh, get a little bit of form. They beat Billericke 3-2 uh, on Saturday. Elsewhere on Saturday, it was Welling 2, Hemel Hempstead 0, Dulwich Hamlet 1, Dartford 1. Uh, made some were 4-1 winners at Oxford City, but then on Tuesday night, they were held by Chippenham at a chilly Gallagher Stadium, by, by all accounts. Uh, an up-and-down week for, uh, for Maidstone. I suppose 
if you'd offered them four points from the away game and a home game, they'd have taken it, maybe? Yeah, I think they would have done. Chippenham, I remember seeing Chippenham last season against Dartford and defensively they were very, very strong and won the game by the only attack they had. So I was quite impressed with them from that point of view. But Maystone, and I hope that, yeah, the home record's good. They're not losing games at home, are they? So they played eight games at home, 11 away. So there's a lot more games to play at home. At the moment, 16 points off the top of the table. Can they claw it back? I'm not convinced they can. Um, have they got enough quality to get in the playoffs? Yes. But... Uh, the cup run maybe papers over the cracks that if they weren't if they didn't go, if they didn't have a good cup run would the supporters be a little bit murmurings of discontent could well be I, I personally think you're being a bit harsh on Mason because I think that eighth in the table with a, a new team it's, it's quite an inexperienced team that they've got there I think that they're they're building quite nicely I, I think they'll get in the playoffs no, no problem you look at some of the teams that are below them and you just kind of think, well, actually, they're doing a good job. You know, Chelsea City are perennial teams who do well in that, at this level. Billericay Town, the big spenders who are on a terrible run of form. Even our own Welling and Dartford. Mates are above all of them. And, and some of the teams above them are teams that you wouldn't necessarily have expected to do well, but are on a, the crest of a wave. So Dorking and Weymouth recently promoted. Bath City are having a really good campaign after consolidating for years. Wealdstone, exactly. no one was expecting these teams. I think Maidstone, with all the chopping and changing that they've done, that their squad is not perfect by any stretch of imagination. But I think if you'd said to John Steele and Hakan Eretin at the start of the season, right, December the 11th, you're going to be just outside the playoffs and you've got the FA Cup second round, are you happy? They'd have gone, yeah, very happy. Yeah, probably it's been the most, it's the most competitive and money-driven conference south, I would have thought, this season. Um, so it, it may have always been difficult. But you look at on the basis of last season, that Woken and talking bounce back straight away. I, I get your point that Mason have changed their squad a little bit and they've got players in that they are happy with now. But I think the supporters, when you're getting 2,000 every week, am I, I just think maybe, maybe I'm a bit, a bit harsh on them, but I think Mason should be a side doing a little bit better than eighth place after, when it comes up to the Christmas period. They've got games in hand and maybe I'll be eating my words come May, but I think they should could be doing a little bit better. I think both Woking and Torquay were in a much better position at the start of last season than Maidstone were at the start of this because of the, the way their squad was. But uh, that's a debate for that could probably continue for... I'm not, being, I'm, not, I'm, maybe, I'm not being harsh on Maidstone, but I think the background, the managers who know this level... Uh, and the results they have with a bit of inconsistency and the ability to bring in players, um, maybe should be doing a little better. Oliver Ash is a, you know, a friend of the show, another one on the list of the nicest men in football. Maybe he could come back and say to us, maybe I've been a bit harsh on them, but um, I think maybe, and again, they have, we mentioned before, they're looking for new investors, so you know, it's not a bottomless pit there. Um, but you look at it, the support they get, the backing they get, maybe, the, maybe, they should be doing a little bit better. Yeah, Tombridge Angels uh, out at the bottom two for now. There's only two teams going down. Um, it'd be quite ironic, really, if, if the one year that there's only two relegation places, they finished third from bottom, given the way that they were the only team ever to go up through the Super Playoff. Um, but getting <laughs> Ben Greenhow for another month, he can't play against Dartford when they meet over the Christmas period. But that's pretty handy for them, isn't it? Yeah, I'm surprised straight away that Steve King's, no, he's this level, looked at him straight away, doesn't fancy him. Um... Bringing now is a, a player who can 
turn a game on at sixpence. And I think one of the, um, I think Tom Derry tweeted, didn't he? You know, all I need to do is when Greenhouse got the ball, he's getting the box because he can find me. So, yeah, good player at the level. He's bounced around at that level. We know what his history and his background is. But it's the kind of player that can make the difference in a big game for for, for Tunbridge when you need that little bit of magic, either the free kick or the quality assist. So, Steve McKim will be delighted to have him. Can't see. I cannot believe he's going to get anywhere in the Dartford squad going there. So maybe the, even extending it after uh, January could be the way forward for them as well. Yeah, one game in the National League South on Saturday, which is Dartford against Billericay. Uh, everybody else in the top two divisions of the National League pyramid is in the FA Trophy. So it's Dorking Wanderers against Bromley, uh, Kings Lynn against Dover, Enfield against Ebbsfleet, <laughs> Maidstone Kings Lynn against... haven't lost at home since in about. 15 months. Oh dear. Uh, Maidstone United <laughs> against Concord, uh, Yeovil against Welling and Tumbridge James against Hampton Richmond. Now normally I'd look at a draw and be really positive but I can't see much to get excited about there. Maybe Tumbridge Angels, uh, maybe Maidstone, maybe Bromley but I, I think there's some very, very tricky ties in there. <laughs> yeah, not, not good. As I mentioned, Kingsland, top of the National League North, Good at home, Dover struggling a little bit. I would, if 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 I was a bookie, I'd probably say that um, Kingsland would be favourites to win that game. But and I mean, just see what Andy Santana does there. Does he risk? Does he give players who he hasn't given a go to uh, from there? And Andy's an absolute trek as well. You think it will be tough for Brom for for Welling at uh, Yeovil? I think Bromley that's a tough one as well against Dorking. That should be a good good benchmark there for Bromley if they how they look at the competition. We've spoken to Neil Smith and they got previous in the competition they like to do it so yes um, yeah it's mm, not the greatest draw hopefully Tumbridge Angels can get through and hopefully they can then get a decent draw in the next round that's my main hope from the weekend yeah exactly the FA Trophy at this stage is such an unloved competition uh, that uh, even the Dover game that they're not having a replay so even if they do go to um, <laughs> Kings Lynn and 90 minutes is a draw. They'll carry on until somebody wins. So, oh, brilliant. Which makes a bit of sense. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, where, is the big man likely to be fit? Uh, well, he said two weeks. So, um, for, uh, maybe, to risk, maybe not risk him and uh, keep him for the busy Christmas period because they'll definitely need him then. Exactly, fair enough. Uh, into the Southern Counties East League then. Uh, Beckenham are six points clear at the top after a 2-0 win over Wellingtown. Corinthian are up to second, having played two games more than the leaders after they beat Glebe 3-2 on Tuesday, following a narrow 1-0 win at Hollands and Blair uh, at the weekend. Uh, Chatham Town suffered a surprising uh, home reverse on Saturday, beating 2-0 by Erith Town. That man, Michael Power, on the score sheet for Erith Town. And Danny Gannon, who you may remember, suffered a really nasty broken leg. He got the second uh, to clinch that victory. Uh, elsewhere on Saturday, it was Deal Town 2, AFC Croydon 1, Fisher 1, Erith and Belvedere 1, Glebe 1, Punjab United 2, Greenwich Borough 0, Lawswood 0, K-Sports 2, Canterbury City 1, and Tunbridge Wells 1, Sheffield United 4. Uh, Beersted were in Kent Senior Trophy action uh, and they were 4-0 winners over West Wickham uh, in that. Uh, the the scaffold Matt, potentially two promotion places up for grabs. Uh, well, yeah, almost certainly two promotion places up for grabs. One of them maybe through a playoff. Um, but Corinthian are, are moving in the right direction. I know we spoke to uh, Michael Golden last week and we were happy with, with how they're going. But it, it's kind of tightening up a bit uh, in behind the runaway leaders. Yeah, Beckenham still... I know we've tried to get him on the show, but we haven't known anything from them. So if you are a Beckenham fan and you want to get him on the show, we'd love to speak to you. Yeah, they're still in front. Corinthian, 
grinding results out. Shot to the chest and lost, I have to say. Sheppy's still up there. Sheppy has got games in hand as well. So, yeah, is it a four-horse race now? Tunbridge Wells could come back into it again. They've got games in hand, doing a really good job down there. Yeah, it's it, 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 it always, always an exciting league. And I'm pleased with Punjab as well. They've moved away from the relegation zone a bit, picking up some points. So, And William uh, Cole, who's in that documentary we saw when he went to Ramsgate, he's come back banging in the goals. And uh, always look out for him because he was very confident in that documentary, wasn't he, that he could uh, play at a high level. And um, didn't really work out with him at Ramsgate, but it seems he's got his spiritual home at Punjab. Yeah, he wasn't the star of that documentary though, was he, mate? <clears throat> That's true. No. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at that league table, as, as we say, it's, it's always so uneven. But I would say that the top five, because you've got Tumbridge Wells have only played 14 league games. Yeah. They've got five games in hand on second place Corinthian and are only nine points behind them. You know, if, if uh, it, and I know it's a case of, you know, if your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle. But if everyone wins their games in hand, I'd like to see how everyone would be after 19 games. Do you know what I mean? It would be. Yeah, unfortunately, this level, this league, we'll never know that to the back beginning of April probably <laughs> even then catching up but yeah it's, it's like a bit like the um, the Ryman Premier or whatever it's called these days yeah it's very difficult to, to see these leads come in but once the games get going then we'll make it but a long way to go but I'm sure there'll be plenty of twists and turns yeah, I say Canterbury City. I noticed them in eighth place to the table. Four defeats in their last five. Um, so they're plummeting a bit. And Wellingtown in seventh, uh, doing a great job. And, and Hollands and Blair, we've spoke to, spoke about before. Uh, they are still sixth. So uh, it's going to be a very, very exciting new year in the Southern Counties East League Premier Division. I would suggest. Uh, in the first division on Saturday, there was a fairly full program of fixtures. Kensington three, Forest Hill Park two. Kent Football United 1, Russell 4, Lewisham Borough 3, Bryden Ropes 2, Meridian VP 2, Stansfeld 2, Rochester United 3, Greenways 2, SC Thamesmead 5, Lidtown 1 and a one-all draw between Sutton Athletic and Holmesdale. Uh, full programme of fixtures this weekend as well as we get ready for the uh, for the fun and games of the Christmas period. We've even got a one o'clock kickoff on Saturday between Beerson and Beckenham Town in the Premier Division. It's AFC Coordinates here with Town. Canterbury City host Wellington, Corinthian against Chatham Town. That is a big old fixture, that one. Uh, and yeah. a warm-up, of course, for the FA Vars too. Uh, Crobra against K-Sports. It's Fisher against Deal Town. Glebe against Greenwich Borough. Lordswood against Tunbridge Wells. Punjab United host Hollands and Blair. And it's Sheppey United against Irith and Belvedere. And Sheppey United have knocked the prices of their tickets down by £2 uh, for that game. And all of the gate receipts are going to charity. And we did mention this on the radio show. If you've never been to Holm Park, best place to go and watch football uh, this weekend, I reckon. Give some money to charity. Go and watch that game. Uh, and good luck to everybody at Sheppey and, of course, here in Belvedere uh, as well. But I hope that fundraiser goes really well. Uh, for the charity in the first division, down to see some goals at Sheffield as well. Well, they've scored in every league game, so yeah. you've probably jinxed that now. Uh, <laughs> in the first division this weekend, Brighton Ropes against Snodland, FC Armstead against Stansfeld, Forest Hill against Ross United, Greenways against Lewisham Borough, Holmesdale against Brilliant VP, Lidtown against Croydon, Rustall against Kennington, and SC Thamesmead versus Sutton Athletic. Weekend off for you then, Matt? Yes, yes. So um, I'm going to Kings Lynn. So uh, um, I don't know what I'm going to do this weekend. Probably. Uh, I'm going to see Father Christmas on Sunday, so I'll send him my regards to you. Um, yes, uh, yeah, weekend off, just sort of taking in the Christmas spirit, really, uh, and not writing any Christmas cards. Or go and maybe go and find yourself a game, mate. You know, I've just gone through uh, the scuffle fixtures. That would probably go down. Um, well, I have got my wife going to that England game. She has decided to come, so okay. her first game will be that England Euro 2020 game against Croatia. So I, I, I want to start. At, no disrespect to the scaffold, I'll start at a high 
before I do say, do you want, do you want to come and watch a scaffold game? That's okay. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's that's fine. I was, you could probably take the kids somewhere, drop them off, and then go get, get yourself out with football. One of them's off for the, um, hopefully the Breaking Bones, one of these places, at the trampoline places. So. Oh, good luck. I only got one child this weekend, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully we're not in A&E on Sunday or Saturday <laughs> evening. Well, that's it for this week's Kent Only Podcast. You can follow us on social media, as always, on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and on Facebook at Kent Non Leak. Uh, I'm actually... Can I say one thing, John? Go on. I'm asking people... I'll make it to you. I'm thinking of getting a Nintendo... Father Christmas is thinking of getting a Nintendo Switch for my children. Does anybody have any recommendations? Is it worth getting a Nintendo Switch? If you can let us know by social media, which John will give in a minute, if you've already used it or if you've got any reviews or seen anything in there, let me know. I don't really know much about computer games. Um, so, But I do really know you can get Football Manager for it, which if I was at 50% of getting it, when I saw... you you could get Football Manager on it, it went up to about 70%. So if anybody has got an Nintendo Switch or they've got one or the kids got one, if they can let us know, are they worth it? That would be good. Matthew, at Matthew underscore Gerard is where you can send your Nintendo Switch uh, tips and, and hints uh, to I'm at JohnPhipps81 uh, on Twitter. Uh, yeah, so thank you very much, everyone. We will be doing a show at some point next week. Not quite sure when, as I say, we're not going to be doing one on Christmas Day because, no, we're just not. Simple as that. But uh, thank you to everyone. You can't listen to us on Christmas Day, though, John. You can. If you are desperate for a fix of us, uh, we are going to be on Radio Kent 9 o'clock on Christmas Day, and we'll run through all of that. Uh, radio show Monday just gone. Uh, always like to give that a mention as well. We had Steve Lovell in the studio. Very interesting conversation. Worth digging that one out on BBC Sounds Up. I'm not doing the radio show this Monday. Um, but Matt has got Adrian Pennant coming in and uh, and to give him talk about books for Christmas. Maybe we should get some talk about Nintendo yeah, Switch. Books for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, we could get could get Mr. Nintendo on. But no, if, if you're looking for books for loved ones for Christmas, or I do like a, a sports book, which um, uh, we may or may not know, uh, they've got somebody in who's going to just talk about that. What the best books are for Christmas? Yep. So th- uh, that's Dave Nintendo is going to be joining Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mario, it must be Mario Nintendo, is it? Oh, probably. Yeah. Surely. Yeah, or Luigi and his brother Luigi. Yeah. Um, perfect. Well, that's the end of this week's podcast. Thank you to everybody for listening, and we shall speak to you next week. Yes, Christmas cards, mate. You're not getting one, nor is anybody else.